time once again for another look into God's infallible book as we welcome you to another broadcast of the Riches of Grace. This program is the radio voice of Grace School of the Bible and is brought to you by Christian people who believe the Bible to be the Word of God and who appreciate its power and authority. At the heart of our ministry is the desire to help you appreciate and rejoice in the riches of God's grace to us in Christ. That's why we call this program the Riches of Grace. We're happy you've tuned our way today and trust that our time together will prove a real blessing as we continue with the series of studies designed to help you understand and enjoy the Bible. My name is Alex Kurz, and it's my privilege to invite you to join us as Richard Jordan, President of Grace School of the Bible, brings us another message from the Word of God. Thank you, Alex, and we're certainly glad, my friend, that you join us today, and we trust that our time together in God's Word will be a rich blessing and help to you. Our purpose here in this ministry each week as we have this Bible study time together is to help you understand and enjoy the Word of God, because if you can understand God's Word, you, you'll put your faith and trust in it, then God's Word will do God's work in your life. Now, the Christian life is not a life of... Um, of you living in such a way that then God is happy with you, and then He blesses you because He's He sees you little, you know, you're 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 doing the things He wants you to do, and He'll be He's happy with you, and He's going to bless you. No, the Christian life is the life of Jesus Christ that lives in the saints. If you haven't found it yet, you will find it absolutely, completely impossible for you to live the Christian life. Only Jesus Christ can do that. That's why Paul says, "I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live; yet not I, but Christ lives." in me. Uh, That's the reason Paul said, for to me to live is Christ. That's the reason he says, when Christ, who is our life, shall appear. That's the reason he talks to the Romans about the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus. You see, the Christian life is the life of Jesus Christ, and that life has been placed in us. When we trust him as our Savior, his cross work takes away, uh, puts away sin uh, by the sacrifice of himself, God says, and then he gives us the reality of his life, his resurrection life becomes ours. When God saved you, he didn't save you just to clean you up and cleanse you. He cleansed you uh, by the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ so that he then might fill you with his life. And it is Christ in you that's the hope of glory. And as a believer, as a child of God, and I trust you are that today. As I said, this is a Bible study program, so I make the assumption that most of the people listening today are already believers. Perhaps you're listening today to try to find out what the Bible says so you decide whether you want to believe it or not. Let me encourage you to listen to what you'll hear in a program in our program here as we study about God's grace. You'll you'll hear and recognize perhaps the difference between religion and life in Christ Jesus, between religion and the grace of God, between what men say and religion offers and what God's word actually teaches. So we invite you to, to stay tuned. Many people, one of the most asked, often asked questions um, is the question, how can I know God's will for me? How can I know what it is God wants me to do? And I can remember as a young man, hadn't been saved too very long, and, and I had a real desire to know what God wanted me to do. And by the way, the will of God is clearly expressed. God our Savior will have all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of truth, of the truth. So it's first God's will that you be saved, and second that once you're saved that you uh, uh, come to the knowledge of the truth. That's why we have this Bible study program to preach the Word of God rightly divided so that you can rightly divide the Word of truth. And I can remember 
thinking, how, how do you get saved? And, and I got saved. And after I got saved, how, how, thinking about, how can I know what God wants me to do with my life? As a young man with my whole life ahead of who should I marry and, and where should we spend our life and should I go into the ministry or should I not or should I go to the mission field or should I stay at home and be a businessman and uh, should we have children and if so how many and you know what kind of car should I drive and where should I go to school uh, all those questions that you have and I can remember reading an, an, an article in a newspaper a famous uh, evangelist that had a little column in, in the newspaper in the town that I lived in and someone asked that question and he quoted 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse number 9 uh, which said, But as it is written, I hath not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. And he went on to talk about how God's ways and God's will are, you know, so inscrutable and difficult to find. And I remember finishing reading that article and that, that answer by that famous uh, preacher. And as a young believer, I thought, Oh, woe is me, I'll never know. And I would hear people talk about knowing and, and being confident about those things, but I knew I'd never know. I, I just had no way of, of being able to, to grasp on my own. And then one day I, I sat down in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, and I read this passage for myself. And I discovered that that famous preacher, as wonderful and, and, and helpful as he, as he was in many areas, was not a very good Bible teacher. Because when he read 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9, he didn't read verse 10. And verse 10 is a verse that you should never separate and divorce from 1 Corinthians 2, 9. So let me read the two together. So you get the thing that I missed when I first read that article in the newspaper. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 9 and 10. But as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. But God has revealed them unto us by his Spirit. Now, you see what it said? It said, on your own, with your eye, your ear, and your heart. That's the three ways you and I know everything we know. The eye, that's the empirical evidence that we can see and uh, uh, feel and touch. With the ear, that's the rational evidence that we can hear and reason out with our thinking. And with the heart, that's the faith evidence. With the heart, man believes. That's something where you take someone's word for it, and you just believe it. And that's the three ways you know everything you know. You either see it, you either think it through and prove it by uh, a logical conclusion, or you simply take someone's word for it and believe and trust them and their witness. So on the basis of the way we think and the way we reason and on our ability, you can't know what God's prepared for you for them that love him. But, but God. You see, God didn't leave us in that ill-informed, uh, ignorant condition. But God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. The Spirit of God is God. He knows what's in the mind of God. He knows what God has prepared for them that love him. And so God, the Holy Spirit, has revealed the things that we can't know on our own. God has revealed them. And how did he do that? Well, he revealed them by his Spirit. Verse 13, he goes on to say, So which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth. Now you tell me, friend, where do you find the words that the Holy Spirit teaches? That's right, you find them in the Bible. That's what the Bible is. It is the Word of God. Holy men of old spake as they were moved by the Holy Spirit of God. All Scripture is given by inspiration. 
uh, of God and is profitable. That's why David, for example, could be quoted by, by Peter, and he would say, The Holy Ghost by David said, that's why Paul would quote Isaiah and said, "Well, speak the uh, uh, the Holy Holy Spirit through Isaiah the prophet. God, the Holy Spirit, revealed in His words, and what's He reveal? He's revealed the things which God has prepared for them that love Him." Ephesians chapter one, verse number eight. When Paul lists uh, and, and and delineates a number of the all spiritual blessings and heavenly places that you and I have in Christ, the moment we trust Jesus Christ, God blesses us with all spiritual blessings and heavenly places in Christ. And as Paul lists those things, he and he comes down to the first part of the list that he uses in, in Ephesians one is designed to just remind you about what he's already taught him in the book of Romans. But when he gets to Ephesians 1.8, he, he gets to what he's going to deal with in the book of Ephesians. And he speaks about the riches of God's grace, wherein he hath abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known unto us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure which he purposed in himself. Notice that he's literally made known to us the mystery, the secret of his will. It's as though God has, has, has taken us into his inner circle, and has revealed his ultimate purpose to us. Uh, his ultimate genius has been revealed to us, and he wants us to rejoice in it with him. He, he's, it's as it were he took us into the, into the boardroom in eternity past when God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit sat down and had an eternal life conference. And they purposed in themselves what they were going to do. Timothy, uh, Titus, rather, chapter 1, verse number 2, Paul says, In hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie promised before the world began. Well, before the world began, who could God have promised anything to? Well, who was there? Well, before Genesis 1, 1, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit were there. That's all there were. That's why Ephesians 1, 9 says that he purposed in himself. You see, the Godhead, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, sat down and decided they were going to do something. They had a purpose. They had a plan. And Paul says, he's taken us back into that boardroom in eternity past, and he's revealed to us the minutes of the boardroom. We've been given insider information. Now, if you got some insider information on the stock market today, tomorrow you would go invest, wouldn't you? <laughs> sure you would. Uh, if you got some insider information about something, you would be able to use it to your advantage. God has given us inside information, the mystery, the secret of his will, what he planned before the world began. What is it? Verse 10, Ephesians 1.10, that in the dispensation of the fullness of time he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him. You see, God's intention from the time he created the universe has been to make Jesus Christ the center of everything that he created, to make him the heart, the soul, the head, the center of all creation. Verse 11 says, In whom? In Christ. Also we have obtained an inheritance. You see, we're a part. In, we, we have a part in, 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 in uh, uh, what God's doing. In whom? Also, we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of him who works all things after the counsel of his own will. You see, God, when you trust the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, God makes you a part of what he's doing. 
and he's going to work. He works all things after the counsel of his own will. That means that he accomplishes his purposes. It makes no difference what anyone else says. God will accomplish his purpose. The psalmist said, "The Lord bringeth the counsel of the heathen to naught." He maketh the devices of the people of none effect. The counsel of the Lord standeth forever, and the thoughts of his heart to all generations. You see, when God plans something and purposes it, it doesn't make any difference what anybody else thinks or wishes or wills. Do whatever you want to do in response to God's will. God's will will be accomplished. Paul said it this way, you can do nothing against the truth but for the truth. Let God be true and every man a liar. In spite of anything you might think to the contrary, in spite of any rebellion you might uh, uh, might might execute to the contrary, God's count what God purposed to come about will come about. Now that doesn't mean that everything that happens in the world He planned it. It doesn't mean that everything that happens in in life He designed it. No, that's now that, that that's a philosophical speculation of a certain branch of theological uh, thought that comes not from the Bible, but from Greek philosophers. And you have to be very careful about theology and theological schools of thought that are are developed. Um, in fact, all theological schools of thought are developed from uh, the, the, the currents of, of, of thinking in the world that get mixed in with someone's attempt to explain how God thinks and how God works and man's understanding of God applying it uh, to, to the world. The sole, the exclusive source of, of understanding God's thinking is not theological systems, it's not religious tradition and scholarship. It's the Word of God. And if you're going to come to the Word of God, and you're going to get the profit out of God's Word that He put in His words, you're going to have to approach it rightly divided. It's the only way you can do it. That's why I talk to you week after week about the preaching of Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery which was kept secret since the world began but now is made manifest. That special message that Jesus Christ from heaven's glory made known to to the Apostle Paul and Paul wrote down in Romans through Philemon in the Word of God. That's the special thing God's doing today. Now God has the preaching of Jesus Christ according to the prophetic program. What Peter says in Acts 3.21 is that which was spoken by the mouth of all the holy prophets since the world began. And we need to understand that program, too. We just need to understand that it isn't what God's doing today. You see, if you don't have a good, clear grasp of your identity, of who you are as a saint of the Most High God and a member of the Church of the Body of Christ, you've got no chance of ever living on a daily basis in the identity God has given you in Christ. Now, understanding what God's doing... And understanding that God is going to accomplish his will is very important. But as I said, it doesn't mean that everything that happens in life, God did it or caused it to happen. For example, in Luke chapter 4, 7, verse number 29 and 30, Jesus is describing the situation with the nation Israel in response to the ministry of John the Baptist. Luke chapter 7, verse 29, And all the people that heard him, that is, John the Baptist, and the publicans, justified God being baptized with the baptism of John. But the Pharisees and lawyers rejected the counsel of God against themselves, being not baptized of him. They would not have God's will 
with regard to them as revealed to them through John the Baptist. In Acts chapter 7, Israel culminates that rebellion. It doesn't go on just in the earthly ministry of Christ. But when the renewed opportunity is extended to Israel to repent, and change their mind and trust their Messiah, whom they crucified in the early Acts period. The, oppor- the renewed opportunity of repentance is extended to Israel, and once again, they not only reject the counsel of God against them through John the Baptist, but they resist. As Stephen in Acts 7 says, you stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears. He, he, he pronounces upon the, the, the leaders of the nation Israel in Acts 7, the leaders of his nation, he says, you're no different than the Gentiles. You're uncircumcised in heart and ears. You do, as your fathers did, you do always resist the Holy Spirit. As your fathers did, so do ye. So you can resist the counsel of God, but it makes no difference because God's counsel will come through. So if you want to know how to do the will of God in your life, then you need to know what it is God's doing. That's simple enough. If you find out what God's doing, and then you do that, you know what you'll be doing? That's right. You'll be doing the will of God. And to know what God's doing in the dispensation of grace is not that difficult. You go to the Word of God. You rightly divide the Word of God. You approach it the way God says to approach it. And when you do that, you find out there's something in God's Word that He says He's doing in the dispensation of grace. He's forming the church, the body of Christ. And the will of God today is that all men would be saved. First Timothy chapter number 2. Uh, speaking about God our Savior, who will have all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. Whereunto I am ordained a preacher and an apostle. I speak the truth in Christ and lie not a teacher of the Gentiles in faith and verity. Somebody says, Brother Rick, wasn't that always God's will to have all men be saved? Well, you see what he says there in verse 7, that Christ gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time, whereunto I am ordained a preacher and a teacher and apostle of the Gentiles. Paul was ordained as an apostle of the Gentiles and a preacher and a teacher of the Gentiles in order, according to the verse, to be the due time testifier of the fact that Jesus Christ gave himself a ransom for all without any distinction and without any exception, because God would have all men to be saved. Now, to understand that dispensationally, you need to contrast that with Acts chapter 20, verse number 28, for example, when Jesus Christ says, Even as the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister, and to give his life a ransom for, listen, for many... Now, you know, you can cut that thing any way you want to, but many and all are different. In Acts 26, in the upper room before he dies, the day, the evening before he dies, he institutes the Lord's Supper, we call it, the, uh, uh, the, the cup and the, and, and the bread. And he says to his disciples that, uh, that he gave his life a ransom for many. Matthew 26, verse 28. This is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. That many is identified in the, in the, in the earliest stage of Christ's coming. When the angel Gabriel tells Joseph that thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now, who are his people? Well, there's no doubt about that in Matthew chapter 1. It's the nation Israel. He came to be Israel's redeemer, her 
kinsman redeemer, her Messiah. And God had promised that salvation to the nation Israel. He promised Abraham that he would bless Abraham. And then he would make Abraham a blessing, and that through Abraham's redeemed seed, the salvation of God would go to the nations. But you see, God had another purpose, not just to restore the earth under the authority of Jesus Christ through the instrumentality of a kingdom that he would give to the nation Israel, not that he would simply and only come to be Israel's redeemer, but he also had a plan to to form the church, the body of Christ, and that not only would he restore the earth, but he would restore all of the government of the whole universe all the way out through the, the, the heavenly places under the headship of Jesus Christ. And that he would form this other agency, the church, the body of Christ. And that he wouldn't just be a redeemer who was limited to Israel and those that blessed Israel, but that he would come into the world to save sinners, of whereof, uh, whereof I, am, I am chief, of whom I am chief, Paul says. You see, now we know with this due time testimony that Jesus Christ from heaven's glory gave to Paul that there was more to it than just the nation Israel. And all that Christ has accomplished at Calvary has now, in all of its unlimited, unmeasureless, unfathomable extent and blessing, has been revealed to us. That's why Paul can say in 1 Timothy 1, this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. Howbeit for this cause I obtain mercy, that in me first, Paul says, Jesus Christ might show forth all longsuffering for a pattern to them which should hereafter believe on him to life everlasting. Do you want to do the will of God? Do you want God's will to be done in your life? Then you need to do what God's doing. You need to find out in God's word what he's doing, believe it, and have that be what works in you. Paul says, furthermore, we beseech you, brethren, and exhort you by the Lord Jesus, that as you have received of us how you ought to walk and please God, so you would abound more and more. For you know what commandments we gave you by the Lord Jesus. Paul told the Corinthians, be you followers of me, even as I am of Christ. You see, my friend, if you're going to have God work in you, it's going to be, it's going to be God's word that works in you. Paul wrote the Thessalonians, and he says that you received the word of God. When you, when, when you heard the word, you received it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which also effectually works in you that believe. The source, the power of the Christian life works through you. God, the Holy Spirit's power works through your life as you understand his word and believe his word. And God's word to you is that special message that Jesus Christ has sent to us today through the pen of the Apostle of the Gentiles, the Apostle Paul. And it's an everyman ministry and an everyman message. Paul's that due time testifier of all that God's accomplished. That's why God's grace is the issue, because we live in the dispensation of grace. And the Apostle of grace proclaims to us and for us the gospel of God's wonderful grace. And that's what God is doing today. When you when you see that, you believe that, and then you let that be what lives and works in you for his glory, then you'll be doing the, de- the, the will of God in the details of your life. Let me give you a free Bible study tape entitled, Knowing and Doing God's Will. 
You need to know the specifics about how you can know God's will so that you can be doing that and seeing that live in your life. And this is not just about telling you, I have no desire just to give you a big formula. I don't have a formula for you. But there's a way for you to know specifically what it is God's doing today. And when you know what God's and you know that through the word rightly divided. And when you know that, then you know what to do. You know how to have that live in you. Let me give you this tape. Knowing and doing God's will, it'll help you in the details of your life uh, understand what God's doing and where you fit in it and how it can live in you for his glory. This is a Bible study you need to hear, you need to consider, you need to study. Knowing and doing God's will for your life. Let me give you a free copy. You call me here at our toll-free number, 888-535-2300. That's 888-535-2300. My friend, it's exciting to have God's will, God's purpose, God's power unleashed in your life, in the details of your life, right where you live, day by day. The transforming, to see your life transformed for God's good purposes, what an exciting thing. This Bible study is designed to help you to understand that and have it a reality in the experience of your daily life, knowing and doing God's will. Your free copy, 888-535-2300 is the number to call. If you'd prefer to write, you can do that, of course. Write me here at at, uh, uh, The Riches of Grace, Post Office Box 97, Bloomingdale, Illinois. That's Box 97, Bloomingdale, Illinois, 60108. We are, of course, on the Internet. Uh, GraceImpact.org is the Internet address, GraceImpact.org, and you can send a request there. Also, uh, but but the the easiest way to get in touch with us is just to call the toll-free number, 888-535-2300. There will be people standing by to take your call and answer any questions you have per request uh, right now, 888-535-2300. That's the number to call. Also, let me tell you about our Bible Institute program, Grace School of the Bible. If you you are or you really want to be uh, serious about knowing God's will, you need to be serious about studying God's Word. If you want to be, if you're a serious student of the Bible, or serious about serving the Lord, Grace School of the Bible is a three-year Bible Institute program. Now you don't have to take the whole three-year course; you can take just some of the classes along the way at your own pace. Because it's offered on, it's we offer Bible edification on on an extension basis. We send the school to you so that you can view the classes on videotape and then matriculate at your own pace. If you're interested in, 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 in being a student of God's Word, let me send you information about Grace School of the Bible also. 888-535-2300. That's the number to call to get the information about uh, about the school or the free Bible study information for you to have uh, knowing and doing the will of God. 888-535-2300 is your number to call. Thanks for being with us today. I look forward to meeting you here again next week this same time. Until then, Maranatha. I want to leave